0: Ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is brought to you by BSO and ABF Creative, and it's scheduled for one fall. And on the mic, we have the one and only Robert Lattell. I got enemies, got a lot of enemies, got a lot of people trying to drain me of my energy. They trying to take the wave from your boy. That's it with your boy, better pray for your boy, Robin Latau. Keep that same energy podcast. Let's get to the opening bell. Here's what I learned about Super Bowl week. I am no longer interested in the parties and all of the stuff that's surrounding Super Bowl week. I think that's natural. After you've been to so many, it's the whole you know old man at the club syndrome. like don't get me wrong, I still step out from time to time, but when you first go, you know when you you, you first go to your, your Super Bowls in any really major event in the sports industry, you know you want to be out there in the streets, you want to be seen. You want to take your pictures, you want to do your Instagram, your TikToks, whatever it may be. I remember my first Super Bowl. And it was a good one because it was in Miami. (laughs) It was in Miami. The Super Bowl, um, Peyton Manning and and the the Colts and the, the, the Saints. Good Super Bowl, right? South Beach. I don't think I had ever been to Miami before. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't think I had ever been to, to Miami. You have to understand that my my youth and early adult life was totally focused around the Midwest. From St. Louis, Missouri, STL, Northside. Went to school at the Ohio State University. Uh, my dad... Um, For a long time, stayed in Louisville, Kentucky. You know, when you're in that Missouri Midwest region, my travels had been mostly Chicago, uh, Memphis. Uh, You know, back when I was at Ohio State, you know, I went to you know the the Big Ten cities. You know, Happy Valley out of West. You know, went to Wisconsin, Michigan. You know, in those areas. So I was kind of concentrated, just in the Midwest. I don't think I had ever seen the ocean until that that Super Bowl down in Miami. And I was poor, very, 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 very poor. <laughs> Miami's uh, not a uh, cheap place. So I was staying with a bunch of people. uh b- you know, before like Airbnb, um, they had something like an Airbnb, but it, you know, cause you gotta think this is. That's This is this is twelve years ago. 12, 13 years ago. So all of this, you gotta think technology moves pretty fast. You know, think about. Where technology was back in, whatever this was, 2009, 2010, you know, that was, social media had just started. There was no Instagram, there was no Snapchat, no TikTok. Twitter had just been around for like a year. You know, Facebook wasn't like it is now. People were still on Black Planet. (laughs) So they, they had, you know, they had stuff like an Airbnb, but it wasn't called that. I think you just... I'm well, not mistaken, he like looked in a newspaper or maybe they had something online where you could just rent like condos or houses or whatever. Anyway, we were in some sort of rental condo, like eight people. <laughs> I sleeping on a kid's bunk bed. I'll tell you, boy, we were back then, the midnight, running the midnight oil. Did I didn't go? I don't know if that's the same. Burning the midnight oil. That's that's how it go. Partying, two, three, four in the morning, getting up, going to the media center at eight a.m., dealing with traffic, drinking, eating, all I saw all type of wild stuff. That's where I first met uh, Ocho Cinco. Saw him pay for uh, everybody's breakfast at like a diner. Cause like after everything finally ended, everybody was hungry. So I was at this din- this twenty four hour diner. Hocho came in there, bought everybody food. That was wild back then. So that's what it was. You, you know you want to be seen. I remember the the Super Bowl in Dallas. Remember it snowed. I remember I got snowed in with Diddy and Buster Rhymes. <laughs> we were at some party, and the, the snow came, and you know, in certain areas when it snowed, they don't know what to do. I'm going to get a lot of snow in Texas. They, they had no idea. They had nobody out there plowing the snow or anything. i tell you a story about that Super Bowl that nobody knows. This is a true story. Nobody. I don't think I've ever told this story before. And the only reason I'm telling it now, and this is also true, and I don't know if this means I should go to the doctor or not, I can't actually remember who the athlete was that did this, I'm sure if I thought long enough, I could figure it out, maybe go through some old emails, but I can't, I can't actually remember, but anyway, once again, I was broke, but you know, I wanted to go to the Super Bowl, and there was, I did some story, and this athlete wanted the story to be taken down, and I was like, well, having a nice hotel at the Super Bowl would sure make me think about hitting that delete button. I stayed at the I stayed at the wi I d I don't know. I can't remember who that was or what the story was or if i am still in contact with him. But when I got there, everything was paid. <clears throat> I got a lot of room service and a lot of pay per view. <laughs> it was all on their American Express card. Hope they didn't go broke. But yeah, so yeah, so I've been what is that? i went to where where have we been for the Super Bowl? With, uh so what was that? Miami, Dallas, Houston. Can't even remember some of these. Obviously Minnesota. That wasn't a, a very in, enjoyable one. Not because people in Minnesota are mean, but you know, when it's you know, negative fifteen, that's kinda tough. I did I did go out there. Uh let's see Minnesota I can't even remember, I know Phoenix I think, New Orleans, New Orleans man had a couple that I've been to, Atlanta, Atlanta wasn't bad, Atlanta was pretty good, uh, yeah, Atlanta was pretty good, so you've been around, after a while, it, it just becomes the same thing, and so, you know, being here, being in LA, like, yeah, uh, yeah I'm here every day, <laughs> I do like to see my friends getting out there, doing big things. But I say all that to say that, interestingly enough, though, I still get excited about going to the actual game. And I think that's important, because that, you know, in the end, I'm a sports fan. I'm a sports guy, since I, you know, since the earliest days I can remember. So to me, that's important, you know. And that part is still a little mind-blowing to me. That I get to do this for a living and go to the Super Bowls and things of like that nature and see these athletes out here playing at the highest level. That's a beautiful thing. Independent, black on. When I first started applying for Super Bowl credentials, they did not let independent websites into the building. You, they wouldn't let you in the building. They let you do, you know, they were even a little iffy about letting you do, like, media day and stuff like that. But they did not they did not let websites into the building. And I know that sounds crazy now because, like, you know how similar to, you know, back then more people had desktops than, than laptops or they looked at their desktop more than, like, a, a mobile, you know, for, for information. And now it's flipped. Well, that's how it used to be. It used to be print and TV and radio and then, you know, online media. But now online media is really what drives the world. But back then, you couldn't get in. For like the first five, six Super Bowls, I had to like finagle my way in. Various ways. Sponsorships, uh, you know, knowing the right person to get me in. It wasn't because the NFL was letting me in. Probably for like four or five I had to do I had to, you know, finagle my way in. I mean, I won't say I like snuck in per se, but you had to figure out a way to get into the game and it wasn't in the media area. You know, I was the first. I was the first black, black independently owned media person to get a seat. In the stadium, as an independent media, black independent media, first one, open the doors for all these other people that don't give me no credit, first one, one one of the early ones for the NBA too, and you want to say, well Rob, how do you know that? Well, (laughs) you can look down the list, I can see who's there. Like, especially in the NBA you, I mean they have like a seating chart like you know like elementary school you can read who who's there like now it's different now you know like I said online media rules the world so so a lot they're a lot more free and a lot more open and, let, and letting people who own their own thing go in but it wasn't always like that it wasn't always like that I always tell people like you There are some people out here that hate my guts, but wouldn't be able to get into what they have gotten into if it wasn't for me. If I didn't set a good example, a good professional example, they wouldn't be where they are right now. And some people that don't even know me wouldn't have gotten to some of the places they've gotten into if it wasn't for me. But the, the Super Bowl was good. Good, right? weird game not like the best played game I've ever seen in my life not the worst very strange with the officiating because there literally no penalties and then all of a sudden like 3 in like 20 seconds so they missed on both sides so it's hard to you know I understand the Bengal fans are upset but you know you shouldn't have got your 75 yard touchdown to start the third quarter either now granted so you can say that they got holes in earlier pass interference that wasn't caught. That the only the only problem I have with that is that if you're gonna let them play street ball, you gotta let it go all the way through. I saw a much more egregious things happening throughout the game than what happened toward the goal line that they let go. At that point, you gotta let it all go. You can't get flag happy then. In the end, though, I think the reason the Bengals lost is simply because when they had third and ones and fourth and ones, they took Joe Mixon out the game, and they just didn't run the ball. Or the quarterback sneak it. That, so, I mean, if you know you got a yard, try to quarterback sneak it first and or give it to Joe Mixon. Just line up in a heavy package, go away from Aaron Donald, pick up the first down if you want to throw the ball play action it don't don't just sit up don't sit in the shotgun with 17 receivers out there where you have to leave Aaron Donald one on one so that just was some bad coaching it was some bad coaching but not a bad game overall like i said i still i uh i still enjoy going so you know i continue to go but yeah the whole you know Party in the four in the morning and getting up and doing interviews. Yeah, yeah, that's not gonna do that. What in the so blue house? Last time that I did the podcast, right after I hit save and download and upload and all that stuff, the Brian Flores situation had hit the fan. Brian Flores, the ex head coach of the Miami Dolphins uh, filed a lawsuit saying the NFL has racist uh, Hiring practices Now this should be a very quick lawsuit Because everybody knows it's true (laughs) That's the interesting thing about lawsuits Even if everybody knows it's true Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win But I mean we know it's true Now we have to dig deeper into You know why It's true That's what we got to dig a little deeper into and why it may not mean anything uh, in the long term. I think, I think Flores is gonna settle, take his money, and go off on a yacht somewhere. But in the long run, is he gonna make any changes? And not really. And I tell you why. And and part of it is, is what's a good way of trying to say this, right? <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to explain this in a way, because it definitely is racist. <laughs> And it's definitely racial, but I also want you to understand exactly how some people can say, well, I know this owner isn't racist, but it's, it can still be a problem. And I guess it's like this. People, in general, tend to like to hang around, socialize, work with People that looks like themselves or reminds them of themselves. Right? Almost a little bit like relationships. You know, that that you know, the whole opposites attract. That that's true in some ways, but normally, even if you have opposite tastes, your, your your core has to kind of align to have a good relationship. So if you have 32 people in power and all 32 for the most part are billionaire white men and they've been billionaire white men for long periods of their adult life, okay? They've only seen black people, specifically if they've owned teams, as employees, highly paid employees but they're still employees. So it's hard for them when it comes down to having a person to lead their organization to hand over the keys to someone that they wouldn't see normally in power, right? So if it comes down to two candidates, right? And 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 besides like someone like Josh McCow or somebody like that, the candidates are probably normally around the same qualifications, right? Some a little more, some a little less. But like I said, besides the the random Josh McCow, most of most of these guys who are interviewing for these jobs have been around coaching for long periods of time and have had success in various areas. So when it comes down to it and the owner has to make that call, if there's a white man that reminds him of himself when he was younger that has decent qualifications, close qualifications, they're going to choose that white man. And not just for the head coach but for the GM, for the assistant to the GM the president of football, out, they're going to do it. They're always going to do it. They're always going to do it. That's why ownership matters. Because if you had a black owner, then he would maybe do the same thing. But in the the opposite way. Byron Leftwich was in the running for the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He said, I want to bring my own GM who happened to be black. Because that's what he feels comfortable with. That's what he wants to give the opportunity to. There's a lot of nepotism in sports, especially sports hiring. A lot of these, got, like, let's just be honest, you know, with with Bill Belichick's son, on all these Shanahan's, been in a position to learn and get a, and get these jobs, if not who their father was, absolutely not. But black coaches aren't allowed to kind of have that hierarchy. Uh, that coaching tree, so to speak. Like maybe Mike Tomlin's son, if he has him on staff. I mean, he's the only one was able to hang around for a long enough period of time. Like to get that type of nepotism, you have to have some level of success for a period of time. Andy Reid had all his sons on that. I mean, they're screw ups. And one, you know, permanently damaged a four year old child. But would he have a job if not for Andy Reid being in the league for so long? Jerry Jones, all of all of the high ranking people under Jerry that's that's his family. <laughs> it's his son, his stepson, his grandson, all these it's gonna be like that when Jerry passes away? Steve is going to take over and then Steve's son sons gonna take over and so on and so forth until one day you know maybe they don't have a they don't want you know the, whoever it is doesn't want to deal with the team anymore like kind of the Broncos or Splinters so I say all that to say yeah Brian Flores is right yeah absolutely and a lot of these teams they don't care about the, I mean the Rooney rule it's kind of like affirmative action like the 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 gist of the rule is coming from a good place, but it's just the execution is is dumb. Cause people, are like, yeah, sure, I talk to some black guy, ain't no problem. I spend a couple of hours, fulfill my obligation, and then hire the guy that I want. And it's hard to tell people that have paid billions of dollars to own a team. You can't force them. To hire a black guy. You can't force him. Now stuff's a little shady. You know the stuff about like tanking. And getting paid to tank. And all of this stuff. But in the end you can't force. Someone that's paid a billion dollars. For something. To hire a black person. Because you don't want to look bad in your PR. Which is why I think it's funny. They end racism. And it t- uh, the funny, in racism, obviously, I mean, that's kind of stupid because, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> but the one that gets me is, it takes all of us. That's the one that grinds my gears. It takes all of us. That's, you know, that's stuff that you hear uh, white people say and cops and all of these other stuff. It takes all of us. That's not true. The black people not doing nothing, like the stuff that black people do to each other and other. Then yeah, that takes us to to figure out our problems, right? That that that's that's our issue, right? But the it takes all of us for racism. No, that that hasn't had anything to do with us. That's you guys. That's you, right? That's you. That's like you know you punch me in the face. And then put a slogan on us and says, hey, it takes all of us to, you know, control our anger. No, no. It just takes you. You hit me. My anger was controlled fine. See, I woke up black. I haven't done anything to anybody. It takes you. Not all of us. All of you. That's what that should be. It takes all of you to point the finger at yourself. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to help? That, that's the craziest thing to me. You, If someone's racist towards me, what am I supposed to do? What, what am I to do to make it to make it work? What can I possibly do? Be less black? <laughs> Take, somebody, that, that grinds my gears. Takes all of us. Like, it, it's funny, the NFL, like, takes all of us. Like, that, that guy Mike McDaniel, right? That they just hired, the Dolphins just hired. Man been living as a white man his entire life. All of a sudden, now he's a minority hire. He had that terrible press conference, but I kind of understood what he was saying. He didn't articulate it well. And I said, "What do you think about you know being a multiracial you know, coach?" And he's like, "Well, I'm human, and my pops is black, but I've never had to deal with any racism because people think I'm white." Now he didn't say it like that, and he probably can't say it like that, but that's what he was saying. He was saying, listen, man, uh, first off, I'm sure he didn't appreciate Adam Schefter telling everybody this because nobody knew. There had people on television like, I didn't know the man was black. I just thought he was a white man for all I knew. But yeah, I'm sure he didn't appreciate that because now he has to deal with that. Now people are like, oh, you're black. Uh, let me show you some racism. But he's like, hey, man, I, you know, I'm white man. I would like to be. In a sense, it makes sense. If you get passes, white, you don't have to deal with a lot of BS? Hell, Tommy from Power was able to use white privilege. That shit, hey man, don't shot up a thousand people. Like I, I'm human. Dad's black, mom's white. I've never experienced racism, but I've seen it towards my parents, towards my pops. That's why I was like shit. I'm not black. I'm human. I'm white, and I you know I don't even know if it was something where he like would just say that, but if nobody asked him, I don't think he was volunteering. I don't think he was walking up to people and saying, "Hey, my dad's black," just in case you didn't know, half black, black man here. You know he he wasn't doing that. I mean, I'm not saying he's walking around I'm saying, "Hey, I'm a white guy." I don't think he was doing that either. But he wasn't correcting anybody. That was an episode of Seinfeld like that. <laughs> Dude, Elaine was dating the guy. She didn't know what he was. She didn't know if he's black or white and he didn't really volunteer. That was a very funny episode. You should watch Seinfeld. Super Bowl halftime show was good too. They should have brought the Tupac hologram out for California love or Ambitious of a or something. But yeah I'm human I'm human I got you I got you Tiger Woods I feel you You're human Just like the rest of us You're human I got you <laughs> I'm not mad at you I got you You saw uh, They got uh, Adrian Peterson uh, At the uh, At the airport for Putting his hands on his wife It's not very surprising <laughs> There's one thing about and and, and and I'm not saying it's like it actually bothers me or anything because I, I hate the person that like we know like it was a, I forget if some lady while the halftime show was going on They're like all look at all these abusers I'm saying, oh okay we we know <laughs> okay can we can we just listen to Fifty Cent I don't know. I can't believe you you watching it you know how here's the thing about stuff like that almost any sport. Or any Any uh, entertainment There there are things about the people (coughs) Excuse me That aren't great So you know Instead of tweeting about it you you just watch Just don't watch Why are you watching If you don't like What Dr. Dre Has done in the past You don't like Snoop Murder trial or smoking weed you know, M M&M and M talking about everybody. Fifty cent, maybe fifty. If you don't, like, don't don't watch. Okay. Don't have to watch the NFL. You know, you don't have to watch NBA. You don't have to listen to certain music. You don't. You don't have to. If I don't like something, I don't watch it. If I don't like somebody, I normally don't watch it. Like I'm not a fan of like the embrace. You know, the debate show. I don't watch them. If I got an opinion, I just have. It. I mean, I see clips from time to time, but I, it's not like at 9 a.m. I'm getting up so I can watch Stephen A. or Skip. It's, it's not my thing. But here's the thing, I don't rag on it. I'm like, oh, man, I don't watch it. Why are you guys watching it? Why are you watching this? Why are you watching Wrestling? Why are you watching This Is Us? Why are you watching this movie? Why are you like Spider-Man? Why you, uh, That's stupid to me. Watch what you want to watch. But don't complain about it. Like, I think reality TV is stupid. Some reality, most reality TV. I think stuff like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette is terrible. I think that's just dumb. I do. I think all the love and hip hop system. I think all the real housewives are terrible. My wife likes the shows. You know, but you won't see me on social media like, why you watching Love and Hip Hop? You know, why are you listening to Cardi B? <laughs> I don't care what you listen to. I don't care if you go to talk on TikTok. I mean, as long as you're not, like, like, my thing, like, the Jackson Mahomes and, and Brittany Matthews stuff, like, in general, that wouldn't be, like, an issue to me. Like, if he just was, you know, TikToking, you can go ahead and do your TikTok. It's like when you start being rude to service people and throwing water on people. That's that's what is an issue. Hey, yeah, you're just TikToking. I care less. I don't have to watch TikTok. You know, now when you, Like I say, be mean and, and rude and, and a terrible person and trying to kiss people against their will, that's, that's different. You know, but TikTok, I don't care about no TikTok. You shouldn't either. They got Alvin Kamara at the Pro Bowl. <laughs> Listen, I, let me, I'm just going to say this real quick about Alvin Kamara. Two things. First off, that's the reason you have goons. Like, you know, let them handle that. You should never throw a punch. You know it's it's Vegas. There's cameras everywhere. As you're the money man, there's a reason Floyd Mayweather walks around with all those people. Let them take the case. Let them take the charge. Let them take the shot. You should never put your hands on anybody when you're the money man. Secondly, though, I always feel a certain way about if you get beat up, you run to the cops. That has if it's, you know, if it's man on man, and I get it, he was jumped, and multiple people beat him up, he's a little too giddy about going to the cops. Like, sometimes you just got to, you know, if you can't, it wasn't a fair one, I don't believe, but, I, you know, he was being probably male groupie, but, yeah, I don't know about going to the cops. You know, if you, as long as you're alive, you know, permanent damage. I mean, they, they did break his eye socket, so maybe he got to sue. But I don't know about going to the cops. I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Like I figured, like if it was a one-on-one fight, you should never go to the cops. Because to me, if you just take your L in silence. Now, if thirty dudes beat you up, uh, I don't know. He just seemed a little too giddy about it. He's a funny-looking dude, but he seemed a little, little, little too giddy about it for my taste, it wasn't, you know, I don't know. Almost seemed like that's what he was—he was going for. If you smell, but the Rockets. The Injustice League. You guys watching the Winter Olympics? I like the Winter Olympics. I like the Olympics in in general. But I like the Winter Olympics. I like a little bob sledding, a little speed skating, a little curling. I like. It. I like watching sports. Um... That aren't like the normal sports that you would watch. Uh, the reason is that when I was a kid, once again, we didn't have 17,000 streaming services. And all of these cable channels and all of this other stuff that we can do to entertain ourselves. Uh, you know, you had the Nintendo. You know, but it wasn't that many games. You know, I haven't played my PS5 in a while. I need some new new sports games to come on. Maybe I get that baseball game. But anyway... So, I'm watching the Olympics, and there's a, uh, oh, no, what I was going to say is back then, like, they had something called Worldwide of Sports. <laughs> came on the ABC. It's called the World Wide of Sports. And it came on, I think on Saturdays, maybe Sunday afternoons when there wasn't any football. It was, during, it was always like during the summer. Like, Worldwide of Sports. Like, Worldwide of Sports is when I saw, like, my first boxing match. As you know, this is Howard Cosell, Sale, you know, back in the day. A worldwide of sports. And the reason that it was worldwide of sports is because they would show you sports from all over the world. See, in America, as a as a in the nineties, early two thousands or whatever, more in the nineties. You know, yeah, yeah, baseball, football, basketball. And hockey if you was into it. That was it. That's all you knew of. The worldwide sports would come out and they would show downhill skiing and Formula One racing, archery, uh, sometimes a lot of track and field. So you learn about all these random, you know, sports, bowling. So I first saw Pete Weber Jr. See all these different sports because worldwide of sports. So then when the Olympics came I was like, oh man, rowing is on. <laughs> i seen rowing on the worldwide of sports. So yeah, I've been a big, big Olympic guy. Big Olympic guy just for some mesquite shooting, darts, all that type of stuff. Uh, but anyway, I was watching the Olympics and uh, not like hardcore. It just, it was, Olympics during the Super Bowl week don't mix, but I saw that there was some Russian skater. I don't have to, I don't feel like looking up what her name is. She's just from Russia. She's some kid. She's like 15 years old or something. She got caught on the juice. Uh, the Russians found out, you know, whatever. They had a test. She got caught on the juice. They submitted it. They decided, you know, that in their minds it wasn't a failed test. And whatever the case, now she's able to ice skate or whatever. And then I saw Shikari Richardson today talk about the uh the hypocrisy of it all. Because, you know, Shikari got caught with weed and they didn't let her compete in the Olympics. And ever since then she's been trash. No offense, like nothing personal. Like, she she still I'm sure she's uh you know, maybe she'll come back. But but since that point she's been trash. On the on the not a trash person, I'm just saying on the track and field. She's not been very good and yeah you know, she's met she's she's had some questionable tweets and some interesting act reactions to certain things but whatever the case after she got caught with the weed they didn't let her compete and she says hypocrisy and then she said the only difference that she could see is that she's a black woman and this other lady's white woman and I was interested in that because, you know, I hate hypocrisy and racism and all that good stuff. And on the surface, same down point, right? You got two women, both caught, one on the juice, other with the weed. And when you get caught, should be suspended and shouldn't compete. Simple as that. Real simple rule, right? So I went and looked at what was, you know, what was the difference? Here's what I found out. It's not racially motivated at all. It's culturally motivated. And what I mean by that is and I guess, well, let me say this. I guess it could have a racial component, but let me but not in regards to the Russian skater. I will explain. The reason that the Russian skater is being allowed to skate, at least for now, is the Russians. When they saw the positive test, it was like, "Yeah, we're good with that. <laughs> ah, she's fine. She didn't mean it. It was some herbal tea or something whatever. So they just took the positive test off the record. They're like, in our mind, she's clean. And they appealed the thing, and, and then the the arbitration people was like, "Well, they say she's clean. It's their federation, so whatever. What the hell? Let her let her skate." Now the difference is, is that the Americans, our country, those who are from America listening to the show, had the opportunity. There were some loopholes in there. They could have got Shakari Richardson on the team. Yeah, it would have pissed off some other people who had got popped for weed in the past. But they they could have pulled some strings and probably got her into the Olympics. They chose not to. So, in that instance, it's not racially motivated hypocrisy. It's, it's not even hypocrisy. It's two different countries. You see, it can only be hypocrisy if these were two Americans, okay? They're not. It's a Russian and, America and American, and the Russians are doing things differently than the Americans. So, that's not racially motivated. The Russians don't care about Shakari Richardson, that she's black. All they care about is winning them gold medals. So that part, it's not racially motivated at all. It's not even hypocrisy. It's just two different countries handling similar situations differently. See, the hypocrisy and the racial aspect would come into play if it was the same country. So for instance, if this was an American skater who had popped dirty and then the Americans had just you know got rid of the test to make sure that she could compete, now you have hypocrisy. Now you have the racial element of it. Because the only difference would be between Shakuri and the other Americans that Shakur is black. Now one could say if a white Olympian in America had popped dirty for weed, how would the American Olympic Association have handled that? where they had handled it the exact same way that they handled Shakuri, or they had, you know, been more like the Russians and tried to pull some strings, hide some things, so they get them gold medals. I mean, I don't know. You have to tell me. All I can tell you is that this particular situation is not racial and not hypocrisy. It's two different countries with two different policies. it's It would be like, this is the best way I can explain it to you, okay? This is the best way I can explain it to you. Say you work at Walmart, okay? And say I work at Target, all right? You're white and I'm black, okay? They find me at Target because I kept coming in five minutes late from break okay you kept coming in at walmart five minutes late and they gave you a warning okay man you hear what i'm you see what i'm saying so you're white i'm black two different companies though <laughs> so how they handle that is it does it's not a cross-reference target handles people being late differently than walmart the only way it can be hypocrisy is if we both work for the same company and since we're talking about two different countries with two different type of ways of handling business obviously i mean we're talking about russia and america this is not a racial and or uh, hypocrisy type of issue and Shakuri richardson is kind of barking up the wrong tree if she has an issue her issue should be with the fact that america Uh, Like the Russians won't, you know, bend the rules for their athletes. So you've been waiting 40 minutes into the podcast for this last segment for me to talk about Kanye. But it's not really about Yeezy. This is more about for my young brothers out there. So, if you're an old brother like me, you should probably already know this because you've experienced life. Right? (laughs) You've experienced life. So, you should already know this. But my young brothers out there in your 20s, I'm going to give you some game of everything that Yeezy has done. And we're not even going to talk about the MAGA hat and all of that stuff. We're not even going to go to music or anything like that. We're just going to focus on relationships, right? Using Kanye's actions and reactions as a way to make sure that you're never in this type of situation in your life. Or if you or you see yourself in this type of situation, i show you how you can get yourself out of it. Now, take into effect that you know Kanye and, and Kim Kardashian, all these guys, these billionaires, right? So everything is not quite apples to apples. But the, the, general, the general consensus of what I'm telling you is it's true, okay? And I'm just using Kanye as an example because of all the crazy stuff that he's doing. Now, the first thing, brothers, that you need, young brothers, you need to understand is this, is that when you actually like somebody, okay, and you enter into a relationship with that person, and in some cases even start a family with that person, it's very easy to slide into this malaise of thinking that that person is always going to be there, okay, no matter what you do, call that the Khloe Kardashian, right, <laughs> and trust me, there are women like Khloe Kardashian and Cardi B and others, and who's the, the one with little baby or whatever, that you could do pretty much anything to them, And they're always going to come back. But there are going to be times where you meet a little more high-value woman that has a little more self-respect. And they're going to hang with you for a while. But if you keep, you know, doing stupid stuff, eventually they're going to leave. And that's what happened to Kanye. I think, you know, he got his dream girl, Kim Kardashian. He had, got his dream family. You know, got kids now. And I think, you know, he thought, well, this is it. And he started to do things just assuming that she would just never leave. Right? I mean, he can't be married and just, you know, like buy a random house in Wyoming and, and leave for like months on end. leave Leave your wife with the four kids because, you know, You want to make a subpoor album. You know, you can't just detach from the relationship because you're, you know, you're the vibe. You can't just, if you know, all these political platforms and running for president and all this stuff. You can't be doing all this stuff and neglecting your wife and your family and I don't think that's going to have some sort of blowback. And I think that's what Kanye thought. In, in like I said, a lot of you young brothers out there, you, you get your dream, girl. But then you have a wandering eye because you're young. You don't focus on them. You don't pay them attention. You don't think they ever leave. But they will. As long as they're not Khloe Kardashian or Cardi B. But then you got think about who you... Who, you got to understand the type of woman that you're dealing with. You know if you're dealing with a Cardi B. You know if you're dealing with a uh, a, a, a little baby's girl, you know what you're dealing with uh, uh, a money bag yo type of girl, you know, and you know you're dealing with someone a little bit more high value. Now, you say, well, what happens What happens if they do go? Okay, now normally if it's high value and you have a family, you had a you know somewhat of a good relationship at some time, they don't want to leave. You kind of force them out of kind of like a last resort. Now, two things can happen when it's a last resort like that. A, well, it's over for you. <laughs> Nothing I can tell you, you blew it. Try not to mess it up with the next one if you're so lucky to get another one. Or, secondly, or, or there's still a little hope because all they really want you to do is pay attention and change. Now, this is we get to the second part of where Kanye is messing up. Now, in that interim... Where they deciding if it's no hope or little hope, they may go out to get a Pete Davidson, okay? Someone a hundred percent the opposite of who you are, right? It may happen. It may and you may say, well, how, why would you want to be with a Pete Davidson? It's nothing like me." That's because they try to get as far away from anything that reminds them of you. There's if you're like, who's the polar opposite of Kanye West? Pete Davidson. <laughs> So they they get them a Pete Davis. Now the thing about it is, I don't think there's any way in God's green earth that Kim Kardashian is gonna marry or be in a long term relationship with Pete Davidson. Just it just is not feasible. It it's, it's it is what it is. The rebound relationship with those nothing, uh, you know, those normally don't last. So you gotta be cool about it. If you got kids, really cool about it. Just be like, all right, it's all good. It's it's all good. You know, you can't be mad. You can't react. You can't go crazy or anything. Because it's almost like a test. Let me see how he reacts to me in this new relationship. If you're cool about it, all of a sudden they realize, you know, this is Pete Davidson. It's not really what I want. If you go Kanye on it, it just pushes him closer to the Pete Davidson. You know, you can't be, you know... One day saying that she thinks she's going to put a hit out on her. The next day, you know, coming up with a 100 Roses. This is not normal. You're just pushing them closer to the Pete Davis. You got to be cool. You got to relax. If you, look, I understand you mad. You're upset. Vent to your best friend. Vent to your boys. Go to the strip club. Do whatever you got to do, but not publicly. And definitely not to her. You know, don't have like seven girlfriends in like retaliation, and then still say you know I want my family back. <laughs> like you can't do that. You can't be dressing up Julie Julia Fox in goth gear one and one night, and, and two minutes later talking about you want your family back. It don't work like that. Maybe having threesomes with IG models in Florida, and then like, I want my family. Like, yeah, come on now. And listen, I understand, Young Brother. Cause I mean, especially when you're young. Kanye's old; he should know better. But it's Kanye. But young brothers, I know it's hard. Nobody likes to see that woman with a uh, uh, Pete Pete Dapes Nobody wants to visualize that. And I always say that's always a good way, to kind of gauge, your feelings for somebody. Like, if you can imagine them with somebody else, and you're like, ah, eh. don't really bother you that much. Even if you're dating them, yeah, you know, I can see it. Maybe they'd be happier. Like, like if it just doesn't bother you, then it's probably not the one for you. If the thought of your significant other with someone else, anybody else, makes you sick to your stomach, <laughs> like physically ill, she might be the one. <laughs> she might be the one. I'm just letting you know, just, just, she might be the one. So that's that's just you know, like I said, I think these are rich people and rich people's problems. So I'm not really like overly like into it or anything. But I I can see Kanye's going through it. It's hard to um, feel bad for him because you know he rocked maga hat. But you know I just don't want to see other people have to go through what he's going through. And also, like, the like, he sent the flowers, like, nah, that ain't gonna work, bro. <laughs> like, I remember my wife told me this. She said, I like flowers. I don't like apology flowers. <laughs> and I didn't know what she meant at first. I thought, you know, you say sorry, you send some flowers. But the point was, if you only send in flowers when you're sorry for something, then you're just sending the flowers just to get the person to shut up. You're not sending them because you're actually, you know, just like, hey, I think, you know, my lady deserves some flowers. Makes sense if you think about it. So him sending her, sending Kim Kardashian, who I'm sure closet is worth more than a lot of us make in a year, you know, 600 flowers, they ain't gonna do that, bruh. That's not gonna do anything. Over Pete Davidson over here getting a pizza. She's happy as can be. They said, Kim, why are you so happy you're getting pizza? She's like, I can wear sweats now. We can wear sweats What does that mean Kanye dress me Every day Every place we go It had to be a big thing Pete just says You want to go get some pizza And some sweats And I like you the way you are You gotta listen You gotta listen The roses is not gonna do it Ye Get us some sweats I knew it was over for When she started rocking the Nikes <laughs> I appreciate you listening Please follow me on Twitter at BSO. Facebook, Black Sports Online, Instagram, and YouTube, B-S-O-T-V. Big shout out to ABF Creative for helping put this podcast together. I'm out.